Hunchback. Hunchback podcast. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. So, um, you just played the Stanley Parable. I did. I'll describe. I don't know if playing is the right verb for what I did, <laughs> but uh, yes, I, so, ex- I experienced it. I'll try and. Or do you want to try and describe what it is? The Stanley Parable? Yes. What is the Stanley Parable? It's a, I would call it performance art, (laughs) digital (laughs) performance art piece. Uh, So it's a video game on the computer um, and you are Stanley. There's a narrator who says, you are Stanley and you, you... you're in this office building and you're locked away in your office and you're employee number 437 and do what you want, Stanley. And then as you take a step, the narrator kind of completes, you know, the next part of the story says, oh, Stanley walks out of the room and goes down the hall and da 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 da. Right. And then he tries to guide you. The narrator guides you and says, let's take a right. And then you can ignore him and take a left and he'll kind of tweak the story as you move through this, this world. Right. Um, I think one of the in- interesting things about it is that there is an ending where if you follow all of the instructions, yep. Um, but then at, there are clear points in the game where you can make a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this comes back to our um, our fate, uh, right? Free will, I suppose. Story. Um, but one of the, one of the first things the narrator says is, um, Stanley stood up from his chair and walked out of his office. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things when playing this game is to see when people first stop following instructions. Yep. And you stopped immediately <laughs> because you <laughs> closed the door to the office. <laughs> and Stanley walks out of the office. I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to close the door. <laughs> and yeah, that's one of the first nice. endings. It feels good. I'm glad. Yeah, I think I'm glad. <laughs> you think you're glad? I think I'm glad about that. Really bad at following instructions. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. Right. You are very bad at following. Well, I'm an American and we said, no, I don't think... we're not going to take your crap. I don't think British that's Isles. universally true amongst all Americans. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> um, I, it did remind me, the, the Stanley Parable reminded me of uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Did you ever oh, see that movie? I've not. You should watch it because it's, so it's a Will Ferrell movie. Okay. And it might be based on a book or maybe I'm just thinking it's based on a book because it's about a book. Hmm. So Will Ferrell is, um, this kind of humdrum, normal, normal guy. And all of a sudden one day he starts hearing a voice, a narrator (laughs) and it's Emma Thompson. Okay. And she, so she's the author of his story. And she's actually writing this story yeah. about this guy. And he just he, starts he hearing, oh, oh, crap. Like, yeah. I'm going crazy. But, like, it's, like, predicting things. And, of course, it's it's hilarious, too, because it's Will Ferrell. But it's all there's also, like, a I don't know, it's, I would call it, like, a dramedy or something. Right. Um, but, yeah, it totally reminded me of that. Cause it's, like, it, it's all about free will. And, like, can I change my future? Can I change my path that I'm on? Right. Uh, I mean, fun. the amount of... Um dialogue in the Stanley parable is incredible like the amount of yeah. sort of different situations that the narrator has to yep cover and the narrator is 
I mean, it's awesome. the game. He just sounds yeah. great. You're just like, oh man, yeah. This is, it feels, it does feel like you are in a movie or like something like that. That's like very, I don't know. It's very engaging. Yeah. It's fun. There, there is a series of events that if you follow will lead to the narrator leaving <laughs> and he gets replaced by, um, a female narrator. Nice. Um, and <laughs> it's just, yeah. That's cool. It's really, um, it's really weird having him narrate for the whole, pretty much 95% of the game and yeah. then for the voice to change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just getting used to this. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to the other guy? Um, um, so we mentioned there's, this might be a, a spoiler, <laughs> might be a spoiler alert episode. We just kind of talked about that whole game. Maybe there's well, more there's to a, it. There's an insane amount in it. Okay. I mean, we've talked about like hardly any of it. Okay. I couldn't really tell because the game kept restarting and he said, let's go start from the beginning. But maybe that's because I was kept just not listening to right. what he wanted me to do. Huh. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, last week we were talking about virtual reality and um, empathy and how video games can hopefully make us feel empathy if we if we want to. Right. <laughs> if we want to be in that zone and like, be like, oh, I wonder what it's like to be in this position and um, have those like visceral feelings that someone else might have in a certain situation that you can't necessarily relate to. Right. Um, so you suggested that I play this game called This War of Mine. Yes. That was called? Yep. Uh, so I downloaded that and oh. gave it a try. Um I'd say I've spent probably just over an hour total okay. playing it. Uh, so the first, yeah, the first set, like two half hour sessions, basically. Right. And so the premise of this game yeah. is that you're a, um, you're in the middle of a war zone and uh, most video games, uh, you play a hero. So in like Call of Duty or anything like that, you're a um, soldier. Mm -hmm. involved in the war um and the thing that's interesting about this war of mine is that you play a group of civilians mm -hmm. um and they purposefully give no explanation for why there's a war right or what's going on and your only objective is to survive yeah there's no there's no concept really of good guy bad guy right like um, where, yeah. Whereas like a world war two game, you're like, Oh, you know, gotta kill the Germans, gotta whatever. Right. Um, this is just like, okay, you're in this situation. It vaguely feels Eastern European. I think just because of the names yes. of the people. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you're not really sure what the political climate is. Like you don't really care. Right. Um, you don't have time to care. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's kind of like a journal, um, type story where it says it starts out you know day one here we go and you have these three characters that are in this kind of cross-section of a house or some sort of yeah multi-level house kind of structure um so you can kind of see the different rooms and then you can you know click each character and say hey you go through this door uh open this closet see what's in here see if we can scavenge anything out of this room um you build a bed so that we can get some a good night's sleep and this whole time, this clock is ticking, like, pretty quickly. Like, yeah. Like, through, like, oh, oh, man, it's already noon? Like, oh, man. Yeah. And so 
so basically your your characters you know they get hungry and they get tired and every night you have to decide okay how many people are going to sleep tonight and like rest up um you usually want to get someone you can say hey you need to go out go out and scavenge out into the world and like look for materials look for food um ammunition like whatever medicine right um but then if you don't have someone guarding your place where you're staying there's a good chance it'll get broken into and then your people will get injured and but it's a trade-off right like like you want you need you need people to rest up so you're like okay go to bed but then you need yeah then you get so it's all about like these really tough decisions of like we need food, we need water, we need, um, we need things to barter with for trading. Right. Um, but we also need to stay healthy, like, well, survive really, not really staying, you're not going to stay healthy. Right. Um, one of the interesting things I found about it was that they took, um, basically all of the game mechanics that you would find in a zombie, zombie survival game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that really makes it special is the fact that this happens to people. Right. Like, yeah. the, um, you know, if you replaced everything with zombies, that would feel a lot more detached and you wouldn't yeah. be able to get that same sort maybe of... Maybe you would like, yeah, like maybe if it was zombies, you'd be like, well, we'll let someone die because I just want to have fun killing this zombie. Right. It's, it's less about surviving and more just like having fun with the game. But this is like, this makes you feel like, Oh man. Yeah. Uh, like it's real. like I was impressed with how it made me feel about these tough decisions. And I think the most, the, I, I think, yeah, I think the most interesting kind of, um, fork in the road that I, ca- that I came to was someone came to the door at some point and there's some, people that come to your house and like want to trade with you or whatever. Um, that happened a couple of times. And then this guy came and he's like, injured he's like ah, i just need a place to stay can i please stay with you guys and i was like oh man like yeah it's i want to i want to help this guy but it's one more person to feed yeah and is he gonna like turn on us like i don't i had that thought too like is he just gonna like yeah be a bad guy and like steal all our stuff and so that was an interesting turning point where i did let him in and then i was like oh yeah no it's really like everyone's kind of starving now <laughs> i think it's like <laughs> it's like day seven or eight and everyone's like pretty weak and yeah just it's sad and like i don't know so i don't want you to spoil it for me okay it doesn't really say like how long this goes on for or like right what um you don't know where it's heading you don't know if you're going to eventually make a run for a border or like right to get out of this war-torn country or stay there and hope for relief somehow. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what the, like I said, I think I'm only like seven or eight days in. So I, um, I played through um, a bunch of times before starting to really think about how to beat the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was thinking about how to beat the game, but, more on a uh, emotional level. Right. Like, um, at the end of the day, like, this is an abstraction. Mm-hmm. There are mechanics, there are calculations, there are things that go into the game that determine whether you win or lose. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And when you look up those things, it becomes um, uh, much closer to a puzzle to solve rather than an experience. Right. And so, like, I'd really advise playing through a bunch of times where you don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. What the consequences are of your Cause, actions. Because like you said, that that is the part that makes it special. It's just right. feeling those feelings and like thinking about those hard decisions. Another hard decision I had was, uh, so I was scavenging one night and I went to a hospital. Oh. And I was like, you sneaking through this hospital. Like I went into the main floor and there was like some guard there that had a gun he was like i'm watching you like i got my eyes on you yeah and um the whole point of scavenging is like looting these out these places like to get food and try to survive um and i'm like walking past these like amputees and people that are laying in these beds who need this medication right all this right. stuff in this hospital and like there's certain sections that are just like free to scavenge like it doesn't like yeah it's just like, oh, yeah, you click on here, and it's like, okay, yeah, you got this stuff. Right. And there's other places that are like, it specifically says, this is personal property, or this is, you know, property of the hospital. Right. Like, you're stealing at this point, right? Like, this is like, you're not supposed to take this. Right. And I was like, oh, I need some medication for my people, though, <laughs> and I don't know, I'm probably never going to see this this injured guy in here again, so I'll feel bad now, but maybe tomorrow I'll feel better because all my people will still be alive. Like, Right. I stole it. Yeah. And it made me think like, oh, would I do that? I don't. So did that have. Like I f- might. If my family was like waiting in, at home for medicine, I'm yeah. sure I would. Like, yeah. Did, did, um, I don't know. Did the characters react to that when you got home? They didn't. Ah. No. See, um, sometimes you'll get dialogue about that hmm. where they'll say things like. <sighs> yeah. Like, should we have done that? Yep second guessing and yeah but it's yeah it's interesting because it's you know in our day-to-day lives i feel like we don't encounter as many hard questions about morality yeah um because we're very lucky to not have to right like we're just right are we're thinking on such a higher level of like maslow's pyramid of needs needs yeah exactly we're just like we're trying to self-actualize and like be our best me and all this stuff yeah find meaning in life um fargo season two reference there uh for the listeners uh and in the meantime there's people all across the world um more than not really that right. are in these types of situations that are really sketchy and make them act in a way that we don't have to think about right day to day so yeah i think it was it's a really interesting game right i'm looking forward to play it playing it more um one of the things with um video games is they get given a rating like e for everyone m for mature mm -hmm. um peggy 17 or something means you have to be older than 17 yep um but it's an interesting thing talking about maturity in video games because Mm -hmm. this feels like a very mature video game but it doesn't have like grotesque um sort of gore everywhere right yeah like it's yep like, there was a gunshot at some point right. when I was running away from this place I was trying to scavenge, but it wasn't, like, blood spattered all over the place. And, like... Yeah. Um, it was, like, suspenseful and yeah. really, like, gripping, like, oh, man, I like, I'm sneaking around here. I'm taking a risk. Yeah. So there's that sort of 
scariness to it, but it's not. Yeah, like you said, it's not Call of Duty with blood splattering all over the place. Right. Typically when... Limbs flying and that kind of stuff. Typically when games have a uh, mature rating, they're usually not very mature. <laughs> yeah. In, um, in, their, in their outlook, in their perspective, you mean? Right. Of, yeah. And... <laughs> I, it's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad that you had never heard of it and you've now played it. Yep. Like, I think that's a... Yeah. This is the kind of thing when you were talking about, oh, there are experiences. Will there be more experiences that allow you to mm -hmm. um, empathize with people you wouldn't usually be able to? I mean, they're already out there. Right. Although I could see the VR version of this, the virtual reality version of this being really gripping yes of this same game like right if i was it was like okay it's nighttime let's go scavenge yeah and i put on these goggles and i'm just i'm in this hospital right, right? and i can look around and see these people suffering and make that decision of like do i do i take their bandages do right. i take their like i feel like that would be i could see i could imagine how it'd be like the next level of Ooh, really getting to me you know yeah. um but yeah it's cool that it's cool that these things are out there already and yeah and there's enough market for them to succeed and like like how did you hear about this game for example um oh so there is a uh, a youtube channel called extra credits <laughs> sorry sneeze. um and that's a group of uh game designers and um, people who work in the, in the industry talking about video games. Mm -hmm. And so they have a lot of episodes talking about high-level concepts, like um, how do you design um, certain story arcs? How do you um, yep. manage tempo in your games? Um, sort of really, you know, if you want to start making a video game, mm -hmm. there is so much content on their YouTube channel about actually doing that. Nice. Um, yep. Designing like a, it, designing games in a way that they're fun or engaging and right. Like, I mean, they they have a whole series on like how do you even start? Yep. And it's like you know these are the things you need to focus on. You know these are um, you know you shouldn't worry about these things. Um, they really uh, they talk a lot about the same things we talk about about getting something out early. You know, the quicker you can get a prototype in someone's hands, the quicker you know whether it's going to be fun or not. Right. And then you just throw shit at it and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't be afraid to cut things that aren't fun. Yeah, I could see. I feel like that's really good advice. Um, I can imagine because there, you know, there's a point in time where I was like, oh, I could make video games. You know, mm. That'd be fun. But um, the first step is like, oh, let me get some guy. Like, let me get something moving on the screen and like all the technical parts right. of it. But you can be, you can have the best, I think, technical skills and 3D modeling skills and all these, all these super deep technical skills that you can have. Right. You can excel in all of those and still make a really horrible, dumb game that no one ever wants to play. Yeah. Or you can make Flappy Bird accidentally. That yeah. becomes this weird sensation. Right. Where everyone's like, oh, this is the dumbest game I've ever played, but it's so, like, I just can't stop playing it. Like, yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to, um, say what makes those games feel like that right, right. like in, unless you just try things and yeah um doesn't um you've heard of sid meyer he yep. does the civilization games yep um so i heard him talking about um what 
how he thinks about or how he approaches uh, designing a new game. Yep. And he he picks something, anything. So he also made a game about being a pirate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he looks at the subject matter and he says to himself, who in this world is having the most fun? <laughs> yep. And how do I make the player that person? Yeah. So like, is it a general? Is it a soldier? Is it, you know, who is getting the best experience? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's cool. So I remember seeing him in a lot of CD-ROM, <laughs> CD-ROM covers. <laughs> yeah. Um, did he make the Sim games? I don't think too? so. No, it's a different no. thing. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Oh, but the other thing these uh, guys periodically throw out on extra credits is games you might not have tried. And that's how I heard about this war of mine. Cool. Um, and they, they start every one of these with the same disclaimer. This is um, these games may not be good. Mm-hmm. They may not, you know, they may be broken in certain ways, <laughs> but we can promise they will give a unique um, experience. Yep. Um, you know, they're trying something new with a mechanic or they're, um, they, on the latest one, they had a, uh, Warhammer game, mm-hmm. um, uh, rat, uh, I forget what it was called, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, they started showing this and they said, um, you know, this game is bad in all of the ways that don't matter. <laughs> Like, it doesn't have great graphics. It doesn't, you know, know, it does these things that aren't particularly good. But when you're playing a game, you don't actually care about those things. Yeah. You know, someone might look at that from the outside and say, like, that's not great. But, you know, is this actually something that people care? Yeah. And there's, you know, it's very, very subjective too, right? Like, there's styles of art or of, of graphics that are easier to make technically than others, but doesn't mean that they have less of an art appeal or of a, or of an aesthetic, you know, appeal to them. Yeah. I mean, like this war of mine is, um, 2d. Yep. Like you can only move left and right and there's stairways and things. So you can go up and down. Yep. Um, but it still manages to deliver. Right. A pretty, uh, compelling experience. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's cool. Nice. Um, Sweet. So we've now talked exciting. about the Stanley Parable and this war of mine. Okay, so do you have Trello open? Um, I don't. Let me do that. Yeah. This is something I stumbled upon <clears throat> on Twitter that I think we need to share. We're going to have to do some acting. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, while you're doing that, there is also a uh, um, something being discussed in the House of Commons to a petition to ban Donald Trump from the UK. Wow. For hate speech. That's, that's cool. That's yeah. interesting. Um, I'm actually kind of proud of the level of maturity that's been taken in the discussion. Yeah. You know... Um, I mean, they are lords, right? Not in the House of Commons, though. Okay, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> What's a lord? Are they sirs? Oh, wait, they're common. It's the House of Commons. Yeah. So they're not lords. They're yeah. serfs. 
<laughs> yes, they've been voted in. <laughs> okay. Um, whereas uh, when you're given a lordship, you can go to the House of Lords forever. Hmm. I guess. Got it. The idea being that um, we have this uh, these two places, and in one of them, you know, you have to care what people think mm-hmm. because you want to be reelected. Whereas in the House of Lords, they don't have to give a shit. Got it. They can follow their best moral judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Kind of like the the Supreme Court. You know, you're in there you, right. for life, right? Right. Um, life term. Interesting. Okay. I have uh, I have some material okay. available. You, you have these are the leaders of the free world? Yes. Okay. Okay, so... This is a conversation that got released, a phone call between uh, President Bill Clinton and Prime Minister Tony Blair. And so uh, I'll play Tony Blair. Um, You can be Bill Clinton. I was thinking, okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah? Yeah. You thought the other way would make more sense? (laughs) No, that makes, yeah, let's do this. Cool. Yes, Bill, nice to hear from you. I apologize for calling you so late in the evening. That's quite all right. Sherry and I are driving back from the charity function in Leeds. I love Leeds. Leeds Castle is so beautiful. Uh, Leeds Castle is in Kent, Bill. Why is Leeds Castle in Kent? I don't know. Is there a Kent Castle in Leeds? No. Wait, if I were in Leeds, I'd be pissed off that Kent has my castle. Yeah, I, I would too. We don't really have castles here. Not proper castles. The castle in Disneyland is impressive. Uh, yeah, it is. I took the family there two years ago, and it's a fantastic castle. Yeah, but compared to UK castles, it's a beer crate. <laughs> a beer crate full of shit. What What were you calling about? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, that beer like, crate really threw me off. This, <laughs> this is a transcript from... The leaders of the free world. I can't remember. I can't remember why I oh, called you. It's so good. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yes. awesome. Awesome. Yes, but compared to UK castles, it's a beer crate. A beer crate full of shit. <laughs> Wait, why are you calling me? Oh, wow. Beer crate full of shit. Oh. Might be the uh, episode title. <laughs> That's great. Um, I, I do have some listener feedback to talk about real quick. Oh, it's a correction. That's exciting. We have listeners. Um, we, we have at least one. Okay. Willing Uh, to give feedback. Right. So we have a listener, um, Katie from Massachusetts. (laughs) Yeah. Um, she wanted to note that Atticus, the cat, uh, has actually purred before. He has purred more than once. And um, it's not as rare as we suggested. Hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's the feedback. I, is, she, is she an expert on cats? Uh, she said she was. Okay. She's an so, expert on Atticus. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, good. Um, so that's listener feedback. That was uh, listener feedback. <laughs> Yeah. Can we add some feedback? Oh, like guitar feedback? Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be cool. That'd be kind of fun. I'll work on that. I won't work on that. Just I'll, I'll work on that like I've worked on decorating this room. <laughs> yeah, there's still no decorations. What? I mean, the boxes... Actually, the boxes haven't changed. 
there's you've done nothing in here. It's like you haven't entered this room since. I, you know, I did a lot for the first, you know, right. setup. Yeah, and I just maybe it'll take a while for me. Oh, to we forgot get some to mention energy. the last time we um, recorded an episode. I brought scones, right, and tea in a teapot, um, mm-hmm. which was fun. They were yeah. And then this morning you so baked banana muffins. I did. And you wanted to know what I would call them. Right. Um, and I made the mistake of saying, yeah, here's some, I made some banana oat muffins. And right. I was like, ah, oh, man, I wanted you to say what they were. I mean, they're muffins. Okay. Yeah. So you would call those, if those, if you went to a... Like even... Cafe, in- is what you call them? In... in- <laughs> The British Isles, you would, you would get one of those and you would say, yeah, I'd like a muffin. Yeah. The banana muffin. That's well, what you The say. chocolate muffin. Okay. No one's, no one's going to... How would you order one of those really bland, um, squished muffins that we call English muffins? What would you say? So our... If they were both in the case right. and it was a plain yeah. muffin... I'd be like, can I have that muffin? And I'd point at it. That muffin. The okay. same way you would in any store. Like we don't, we don't just have like small windows mm-hmm. that you have to order in, and then hope you get the right thing out. Okay. Okay. I, but like also, it wouldn't be confusing if I said, "I'll can I have a chocolate muffin?" Right. Okay. Um, I think you know. I'm I'm struggling to think of a context where you would be confused. Yeah. Like. I think the only time... Yeah, you're you always would... specifying a muffin right. type. I think the only time it would be confusing is if you said, oh, I, I had a muffin for breakfast. Okay. Yep. Like, it is... That doesn't clarify... Yeah. What, yeah. What and it is incredibly have. rare to have, like, a sweet muffin, I guess. Yeah. It is, it is incredibly rare? Yes. Like that banana oat muffin. Right. Oh, okay. We would usually never have that for breakfast. Oh, so that's a that's a dessert, or what is that? I guess, yeah. Or like, or like you've gone out to a cafe and you want like a little cake or something. Okay. Yep. A petit four, or a muffin. Yep. Okay, because it is really. I mean, it's cake. Let's be honest. Right. That's. <laughs> yeah. It's in a muffin pan. It's in a muffin shape. Right. Because we like to pretend that it's not cake that we're eating for breakfast as Americans, <laughs> but it's totally cake. Yeah. It's sugary, it's buttery, it's, it's a, yeah, it's cake. Yeah, I was trying to... Eggs. Like, we don't, it has all the cake ingredients, we as don't far as I can tell. typically have cake at all for breakfast. Hmm. We have pancakes, but they're much closer to crepes in the UK. Like, they're really thin. Yep. And you usually have them with lemon and sugar. Yep. Or golden syrup. Yeah, cinnamon. we had some of those when we were in the, in the British Isles. Yeah, they're delicious. Ireland. Cool. Cool. I like the I like the listener feedback. We also we have something else. Oh man, yeah, this is a big. This is a big. This is a really big episode. Yeah, um, there will never be an episode like this again. <laughs> it's a snowflake. It's a special, special snowflake. Yeah. We're gonna try something we have never tried before. Right, right. Um, uh, soon, very soon. Yeah, I'm excited because you sent me what this was and i didn't really read it so i'm excited to hear you read it out um yeah wait for it okay i mean i'm waiting i'm sure everyone else is on edge <laughs> keep waiting yeah we're gonna uh, 
can I introduce it? We're going to we're going to talk about this episode's sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean not that that's a strange thing for this podcast to no, have a sponsor. I mean, we have a we have a huge audience that people want to pay us to get a hold of. Right. Well, um you yeah, are it's also about quality. Right. Over quantity too. That's that's part that's of our possible. our value add is, right. is really about quality. Yeah. The uh, the quality of our listeners. The people and, who listen to this are of outstanding quality. Yeah, it's it's breathtaking, really. Um Okay. So this podcast is sponsored by the Matt Jankowski Club. The only sanctioned newsletter for Matt Jankowski admirers. Learn more online at jankowski.club. Use the promo code PIG if you can figure out how to do that. And I will say, like, I read the first letter in this newsletter, the Matt Jankowski Club. Oh, yeah. It was really, I mean, I would say it's, the, it's my favorite of all the Matt Jankowski yeah. newsletters I've ever read. I think you tick all of the boxes right there. For us getting paid. <clears throat> what? <laughs> I, I mean, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, um, haven't, I haven't read it. You haven't read it? No. <sighs> Matt, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build a business here. <laughs> yeah. You're not helping. I, um, I mean, it's probably for the best. I don't, I don't think I should read it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I think our listeners should, and yeah, so they, do I. Yeah, just go to Jankowski.club. I'm going to spell that out. Right. I'm going to go the extra mile here. Just spell that out in case. So if you go to J A N K O W S K I dot C L U B, hit enter. You, yep. you're, you're done. You're done with the URL at that point. There's no dot com because it's dot club. Right. It's dot club. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how he he got that URL, but I mean maybe we should. Hunchpick.club. Hunchpick.club. It's we have dot audio. It's too late. Right. But um, we could we could start a competing newsletter. <laughs> so <laughs> Matt, you're yeah. you're really come on. What? We're trying to we're trying to have a sponsor here and Well, I mean business. people are gonna go there. Good. So we're you're saying our we're done with that, our, our part of the deal. Yeah, I know. I mean... So we can bash it now and talk about how we're <laughs> going to compete against it. Right. Um, okay. So this got me thinking about our monetization strategy. Um, we're not already monetized? How we're going to productize... How and, are you paying and, me? ...and ideate uh, for this podcast going forward. How am I paying you? In muffins. <laughs> <laughs> In scones. Um, so I came up with this, with this structure... That I think would, okay. will work very well, or not. Um, <laughs> or not. But we should try it, I think. So I'm thinking we're going to go on a... I don't know if there's a word for this. It's not a sliding scale. It's just a, an incrementing scale of sponsorship uh, fees. So I'm not going to say how much we were offered for this sponsorship. Right. That's just in case everyone else decides to start their own podcast. Confidential. Right. I don't want to like mess up the market rates right. for anyone else, but... Uh, but I am thinking that what, what we can do is for the next ad read that we have, we will charge one more dollar than the last one. Oh. Um, so the next one, for example, let's say we would charge $6. Right. 
for the next ad read. I mean, that makes sense. You know, the whole um, supply and demand thing. Right. I mean, you got to get in early. Yeah. If uh, you want to spend less. We demand money. Right. And other people supply. But our listenership is all, always growing, too. So really, the value right. yeah. is ticking up. Um, yeah. But the Jankowski Club will always have, can always be, be able to say, hey, we sponsored right. the episode number two. I mean, really, we wouldn't have done this episode. Right. If they hadn't. Yeah, no, we, we would have been done. Yeah. We would have had two, two episodes. And yeah, it would have been a good run, but... It would have been a good run. It would have been the actually the smallest <laughs> amount of episodes you could consider a run. Uh, <laughs> two episodes. Two episodes. Um, well, I think we really went above and beyond. Thank you, Jankowski Art Club, for sponsoring. And uh, we yeah. look forward to more sponsorship opportunities. You can direct <laughs> message us at, oh, at oh. Hunchpig on Twitter to secure um our next sponsorship yeah i really thought you were gonna say we are looking forward to reading your next newsletter and i was like no we're done what <laughs> i'm glad uh, you went that way yeah good all right oh man that's ex- that's exciting how long no. have we been going i don't know is it is it time for the intermission um sure because i've just finished my beer let's do an intermission that sounds good Oh, yeah, where is the rain stick? Um, I can't reach it. Uh, I should really get a theme song going. Maybe we can talk about that later. And scene. Okay, a couple things I've thought about recently. One, um, the word scratch. So you you came today and we had um, banana oat muffins, which we mentioned, right? Which I said I made from scratch, because the first time you we, we made scones, I made scones, and it was literally add water to this Trader Joe's thing, right? Right. So I was proud of making these muffins from scratch. Oh. And then I was thinking about that phrase, that that phrase, and like how funny it would be if there was like. A caveman came in and I'm like bragging about, yeah, I made this from scratch. And the caveman was like, oh, like, tell me like what you had to do to make these delicious muffins that I've never seen or like heard of. And I'd be like, oh, I started with this, you know, bright white enriched flour. And the caveman is just like, flour? What is flour? I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that thing that you make stuff from scratch with. You know, right. You, you got to start with flour. And he's like, how do you make flour? And I'm like, oh, uh, I think you start with wheat. Yeah. And you enrich that somehow. <laughs> right. And you pound it. Okay. So that it's pure white and it looks like snow, right? Cocaine. Or cocaine. Uh, and he would be like, oh, my God. How do you do that? How did you turn... How did you make this from wheat? And I'm like, I have no idea. But from that, (laughs) I added granulated sugar. And he's like, sugar? What is is that other white stuff? Like, there's nothing white out in... Like, I've never seen this dusting of sugar out in the in the wild like how did you make that i'd be like i don't know someone made that for me and uh, (laughs) then i just mix it up with this well Well, then i take baking soda right and he's like baking soda 
What I mean, is really? that? Oh, it's like a white powder. Oh, and then baking powder. What is baking powder? I'm like, I don't know. It's some, Someone made this for me at a factory. He's right. like, a factory? And then I'm... <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, I didn't really do much. I just mixed these things up. <laughs> right. And then I what added milk and an egg. Oh, you have like chickens out back? No, I, I don't know. I went to the store and there was eggs. It was pretty, it was a pretty good deal. Like, I don't know. I make a bunch of money and then I gave them $2 and they gave me a bunch of eggs. It was really easy. Yeah. Actually, my wife went, got the eggs. I didn't even get the eggs. And then... I mean, really, it's like you're right. At the, there is a lot that goes into this, and you are certainly not making it. I'm from not scratch. doing anything. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. Oh, and then bananas. So there's bananas in these in these muffins, right? Which so caveman oh, famously you went all didn't the way, have. Right, right. You went all the way down, like towards the equator. Yeah, where to get bananas. Are. I was like, no. There's like trucks that bring bananas to us, and planes, and planes, and. I don't know how bananas get here, but they do. And then I buy them very cheaply because the American dollar is strong. He's like, dollar? <laughs> Cheap? Cheap? <laughs> strong? Yeah, I mean, any of these things. Um, <laughs> English, this, this English-speaking caveman. Do you, often, <laughs> do you often imagine cavemen appearing? I don't... Um... So going back to planes. Sure. I found out about Concord, Concord recently. I mean, I knew about Concord. I don't know about Concord. Is that... Wait, hold on. Let me guess. It's a really fast plane. Right. Okay, maybe I do know what it is. It's yeah. like the uh, the channel. Is it not a word. But where... Really? <laughs> where? Okay, where... The channel tunnel. The channel tunnel. Um, this plane, though, does... There's a, there's a British association with this plane. Is that true? So the, the plane no longer... It, it's no longer around, right? It was only around for oh. a certain amount of time. Okay. Um, but it was sufficiently before me that I didn't really know much about it. Okay. I just knew there was this thing called Concord, mm-hmm. and people were upset when it stopped. They said this would never happen again. Right. Right. And this was a passenger flight um, that would get... So to put this into perspective, to get from London to New York today mm-hmm. takes about eight hours. Okay. Right? Uh, via plane. Yes. Or eight days via boat. So Concorde was a plane mm-hmm. that would make that trip in three and a half hours. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's good. It traveled twice the speed of sound. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Like a lot of people say, like, oh, Concorde, it broke, you know, it was going faster than sound. Yeah. It wasn't just going a little bit. Wow. It did twice. Wow. Okay. The speed of sound. That's, yeah. They, their engines had an air intake mm-hmm. on the front that would slow air down <laughs> so, <laughs> so that the engines wouldn't explode. Oh, wow. So is that, is that Mach? Um, so Mach is the speed of sound, right? Um, is I it? I thought it was. So is that Mach 2? I suppose. Okay. So Gillette is like way ahead of Concord. They're at, I mean, they're at least at what? But I mean, in terms of... Mach pass- 3 was... But this was a passenger flight. Okay. Like, you and I could have bought a ticket. Right. And taken this. Wow. How much are the, were the tickets? Oh, I, I have no idea. 
and yeah, obviously in like today's money class only or like first class only like i presume so but this is not economy from what i understand Maybe it was i don't know from what i understand one of the reasons it closed down is because it wasn't um economically viable hmm. like they couldn't make enough money off of how much it cost to run was it blowing a lot of fuel like was it inefficient I, in a fuel sense or was the plane itself I way more expensive or like what i mean yeah i don't have the answers to this hmm. Yeah. But it was an interesting, um, like, it would go faster than the spin of the Earth. Yep. So you would, la- they famously claimed, and it was true, that you would land before you took off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Because of gosh. time zones. And so... Okay, that's, that's cool. So because of this, there was a, um, there was a talk show host called David Frost... Who okay. did talk shows in the UK and America? Because of the Concord, there, the was, a, there was a man who existed named. No, no, no. Frost. This isn't because of the Concord. This okay. is just he happened to exist at the time. Yep. But he did eight live shows, evening live shows a week. Uh huh. Because he could do a live show in the UK, leave the live show, <laughs> get on Concord, yeah. and do the same night in oh the US. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. It's like a Beatles song. Eight days a week. No. Okay. Wow, that's um, that's some good. Like, I like that they they went there with the marketing. You know, that's that's pretty smart marketing. To be like, right, you will arrive before, before you left. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, I would opt for that if I could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me look it up. Concord tickets. That's cool. So I have another thing. So uh, scratch was a thing, and then scotch. So there's, we have to talk about, you know, the British Isles in some, some every episode. So Scottish, something that is Scottish, right? Does that have to be a human No. to be Scottish? I mean, you can have merchandise and things that's that is Chinese or American or, or Scottish or is yeah. it Scotch? Right. So, Ooh. So I think this is what I've... I haven't looked this up because right. I don't look things up because okay. I like to just pretend. Right. But it seems like Scottish is... You have to be a, a human to be Scottish or some sort of a... I mean, a, we would... An animal, right? Right. But to be Scotch, you're anything else. So like a Scotch egg uh, mm. or a Scotch whiskey. Right. Or Scotch tape for example. Um, <laughs> please don't send us emails. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. Okay. So Scotch tape. Yep. Um, is racist. So the reason it was originally oh, really? called Scotch tape was not because it was from Scotland. Right. But because it was considered really cheap. Like in terms of manufacturing oh my and things, gosh. Okay. and so it was actually a slur. Wow! Saying, "Oh man, okay." Um, Scotch, wow. Scotch whiskey is obviously like because it's from Scotland, right? But okay. Scotch tape, I don't think is is like oh, that's what you use if you right if you can't afford duct tape, yeah, or if you yeah if you're it, just like yeah just yeah just throw or some Scotch you, tape on there, or if you can't afford a new thing that you broke. <laughs> Wow. Interesting. Yeah, Scotch. I think the Scotch brand is uh, is you know part of 3M, which is in what Minnesota. 
Mm. So I think <laughs> it's not actually from Scotland. No. Um, well, that's um, another that. thing that's commonly thought from Scotland is tartar, like the material, like the patterns. Tartar, the is that, pattern. Is that what I'm thinking of? I uh, know about tartar sauce, which you put on Tartan. fish. Tartan. Oh, uh, like the flannel type yeah. plaid. Yeah, like the checkmark. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Like a, a kilt. Yes. While well, we think of kilts being right, um, and red, not... red and green and blue and kind right. of that. And that's, there's no evidence that that's diagonal stitching and okay that that's something from Scotland. Got it. Huh. So, are you saying that 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 is in Scotland, but it didn't originate there, or are you right. saying that's not in Scotland at all? No, it is. It is in Scotland. Okay, but it got didn't it. Originate didn't there. originate there. Huh. So we watch Braveheart. We're like, oh yeah, that's that's Scotland because they have the tartan, the tartan plaid, and whatever. <laughs> hmm. So where did it originate? I have no idea. I'm going to, I mean, I can look this up and tell you next week. Yeah. We need some listener feedback about this. Yep. We're supposed to provide the answers here. Are we? Last time we solved a lot of things. I don't remember what any is of a, it. What is America? <laughs> what um, is American? Yeah. Who, who, who are Americans? Right. Um, that's all I remember. A ticket from Concord was $8,500. That was a real spit take, by the way. Okay. And that, wow. That was in 1976. So it was only talk show hosts who were on this plane. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Probably it's, at it's, least $100 more than the standard first class fare at the time. Of wow. course, over the years, the inflation of the fares increased significantly. Wait, how much? How much more than a first class fare? A hundred dollars when it first started. Wait, how much do you say it was? Um, so when it first came out, it was um, probably around eight hundred and nine hundred dollars. Oh, okay. But then later on, um, eight thousand five hundred. <laughs> I was going to say a hundred dollars at that point is not much of a difference. <laughs> Oh, it's a hundred dollars more. Then first, first class. class is only eighty four hundred. Right, <laughs> like it's not. Yeah, that's not a big delta. Interesting. I don't know. We couldn't. Uh, Someone was. We couldn't make a go of it. We were only charging eighty five hundred a ticket. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> really dropped yeah, off. Yeah, a one a one way ticket on Concord was about eight thousand dollars. Wow, that is. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. It's not surprising that they went out of business. Yeah. I booked my boss way back in the 80s, and it was a little under $10,000 round trip. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> wow. The record for Concord making it um, between London and New York was a little under three hours. That is crazy. That's fucking insane. Wow. Wow. It takes eight hours. Does it, do you feel that on the plane, do you think? Like, do you feel a difference? So it would go so high that you could, um, like, really easily see the curvature of the Earth. I mean, obviously, you can see the curvature of the Earth from yep. um, wow. ground level. But, like, up there, it was apparently stunning. And, okay, so I assume I know nothing about aviation. 
which I basically don't. Um, why did they have to go that high? To avoid uh, to avoid to... air resistance. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So there's less air up there. Exactly. And they can they can go faster. Huh. Yeah, I can check this. Concord. So it took a lot more fuel to get higher, right? Um, yeah, its cruise altitude was 18,300 meters. Wow. Which is, in American, uh, 60,000 feet. <laughs> that's, that's cool. I appreciate the ambition there. Even if the, like, the business right. model wasn't fully thought out, it sounds like. Yeah. But I appreciate the ambition. Like, kind of like, so in Boston they i was amazed and i only learned this recently like since i moved here um i learned that they extended the shoreline mm. of boston by miles yeah in the 1800s like where central boston is now yeah. was an island yeah that you couldn't really yeah, get to yeah like a right yeah and i was just i don't know that was a moment where i was just like humanity is impressive Right. We see this ocean, this massive ocean. We're like, eh, let's push out to a little, yeah. like, miles. Let's push miles. <laughs> Can we get, like, miles worth of dirt here? <laughs> not with backhoes, not with, like, modern equipment, but, like, shovels and plow, like, mm. wheelbarrows of dirt. Well, because, like, um, like, how... Boston used to be really... <laughs> it's amazing. ...hilly as yeah. well. And okay. so they, they just flattened it. Hmm. <laughs> They just, like, dug the hill into the water. Okay. Got it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. There like, was... it's cool to think that someone had that ambition to be like... Right. No, let's let's build a city or, like, let's, let's is... push this out. And There are some insane things that we've achieved as a species. Um, like, the fact that we can even feed all of the people yeah. on the planet is... Well, well I mean... <sighs> okay, maybe. Technically... Technically, probably can actually yeah but anyway but distribution is difficult yeah um you know but yeah we could we could sustain it with our technology and with our right agricultural skills um and... i think in tokyo they've built like this entire underground system to handle flooding <laughs> um flooding is obviously a problem but it gets worse the more um, you cover land in concrete, okay. Basically, because then the soil's not absorbing any water, mm. um, and so flooding becomes a real problem. And they have this these enormous underground reservoirs <laughs> where they can just redirect water when there's um, <laughs> when there's storms and things. Interesting. Yeah. So in this game that I'm playing, that you told me to play, this war of mine, this war of mine, I made a filter. Mm. You can make filters. Um, you have a little workshop and you're like, all right, spend an hour, make a filter. And it says that you can use the filter to filter rainwater into drinkable, potable water. Right. Uh, I have not yet figured out how to do that. Uh, and also this is, so I played through seven or eight days of this game. Yep. And like the last day I realized that you could leave the house I, did, I haven't done it yet, but there's like a way to like open the door. Right. Does that go anywhere? Can you like leave or not really? I guess you'll have to try. Yeah, maybe I have to try that. back. Anyway, 
because I, I ran out of water. So I could I had like meat. Yeah. And I had like other ingredients to make meals, but I didn't have water. Water is really tough. Um, it's interesting because it goes through seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you. Oh wow! I'm on day seven. Yeah. How many days have you played? Like, um, I told you not to spoil it, but now I'm asking yeah. you. Like, how I many don't days remember. Okay. Um, but there's seasons. Yeah, the days don't really match up to the seasons. Mm-hmm. I feel like you do like 15 or 20 days and then it goes into a new season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you start in like the end of summer, mm-hmm. I feel. And then you go into autumn and then winter. And winter's fucking hard in that game. It's already hard. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm seven days in and my people are mad. They're like sad, <laughs> hungry, tired slightly sick slightly wounded because <laughs> i went i did the risky route of having no one guard and just like yeah stay in bed didn't work out didn't work out. didn't work out no one guarding was a bad idea yeah hmm. yeah i'll be curious what you have to say next week after you've played more yeah this is the first so i uh i'm not really a video game person right anymore whereas i am which is interesting are you okay yeah no i'm big into okay i I wasn't sure because i know you're into board games right um and i'm you played world of warcraft for a while like you Mm. did that you were you had that yeah for years years. before before that um i played everquest with my dad nice yeah Mm. my my college roommate matt man so many mats there Um, are a lot of us yeah (laughs) he was so he had the same story he was way into everquest in high school yeah and um graduated into world of warcraft yeah in college um i played it for like a week and i could see the potential of how it can be addicting and how it could be like bring you in to this thing right um and i pushed against that and was like okay i i kind of understand it now a little bit and i i don't know i like games where i can go in and play it and then have my hour or hour and a half either win or lose and then come back out yeah like that's what i have preferred over time um so i was into like real-time strategy games like age of empires where you have like your civilization and you build it up but then you yeah Win or lose, right? You conquer or you become conquered. Mm. It's not civilization where it's just like, meh, you exist. Right. And for eight hours, I don't know, you just kind of do diplomacy. I was like, that is what I win or lose. Yeah. And I've, so I, I consider myself like a casual gamer now. Right. On the iPad, I'll play like tower defense and whatever. But so this was fun to like actually download a real, a real yeah video game that is like, I don't know, where I just sit there and focus on it. I haven't done that in a while, so it was kind of a, enjoyable. Yeah, it was good to go back to that um, every once in a while. Yeah. Video games are interesting because um, because of their interactivity. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike uh, like books or TV shows um, or other types of media, um, you end up not having an awful lot of dialogue Mm -hmm. like in terms of words per minute that a tv series is throwing at you or a book is throwing at you oh you're saying in the video game you you end up not having much dialogue, right 
Yeah. Like, it ends up being something like somewhere between five or ten on average words per minute. Okay. For a video game. Like, because you're spending a lot of time actually playing a game. And so there's not a lot of um, mm-hmm. dialogue going Verbal, on. Verbal, yeah. Right. Um, and so it it's a medium that has really interesting problems that it has to solve. Mm-hmm. Like, its dialogue has to hit hard. Mm. has to hit much harder than... Oh, yeah. Because there's not much of it. Right. You have to be efficient um, with, the, with the usage. It's like Quentin Tarantino films. Like, they don't <laughs> have an awful lot. Yeah. Of dialogue, but he really packs into every line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like, this is, you know, a bunch of world building, a bunch of character. Yep. Um, Are you a Tarantino fan? I am. Nice. I do not enjoy blood and gore uh, and violence, <laughs> okay. but I do enjoy Quentin Tarantino films. Yeah. I mean, that's... Right. I think on the surface, some people see Tarantino as this blood and gore director because he that is definitely a feature right. of his films but but like you i think the the dialogue is so fun yeah and just like interesting and like almost like mundane in a way but in a way that's really real right you know what i mean like my i think my favorite tarantino film is still reservoir dogs okay have you seen that one i haven't okay that was one of i think it was might have been his first big feature film or something, right. but um, yeah, it opens with this scene where they're in this diner and they're just these guys talking in this round table about random stuff, like just like yeah, mundane day to day things, but in a way that is funny and, right. and and interesting. It tells you a lot about the you know it sets the scene, the dynamics of between the characters, and you're like, oh, this right. this guy is like asserts himself. This other one maybe is like a little. Right. Less on that spectrum. And and so, um, you know, they talk about uh, on extra credits um, how you plan your dialogue. Because mm-hmm. you need to plan for, like, though every single word to have an impact. Yep. For it to be like, okay, this has told me something. Mm-hmm. It might be something small and mundane, but it's told me something about the world. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I, got- I do see that in this war of mine. Yeah, so I got the radio, or I built a radio. Yeah. Do you build a radio? You do. Seems kind of weird to build a radio. <laughs> like, I don't know. Given three random people, I don't know if they could really build a radio. Yeah, I'm not sure I could build a radio. I don't think I could. No. It would, I mean, I could. It would not take one hour. <laughs> it would take years and years of reading yeah, electronics no, books. No access to the internet and no, no books. Yeah, come on. No. It's, I mean, I think it's more likely that they had a radio <laughs> and maybe the, the and battery they, was... And it took them an hour to yeah, they replaced the battery. battery in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was maybe some asset around the battery and they uh. like cleaned that up and I don't know. But the radio was kind of interesting because you can, you can actually tune it. Like there's the knob and you, yeah. can, you can turn it and that was kind of fun to like, oh, there's classical music. Like maybe that makes people feel better in the house. I don't know. Mm. I'll try that. Um, didn't really work. <laughs> And then the, there was messages about what was going on a little bit more than what your perspective was. Like, oh, okay, like, don't leave the house. Do not enter the front line. Like, right. be cautious, uh, you know, attention. Um, yeah, it's interesting because parts of the map, um, when you can scavenge at night, you can choose where you go, like going to the hospital or something. And parts right. of the map get locked off because there's fighting happening there. Mm. 
Um, but then there are other parts of the map that say, like, ah, this is, like, questionable. It's dangerous. Right. Yeah, you are probably going to bump into soldiers if mm-hmm. you go here. Yep. And it's, you know, if you do, it's not going to end well for you. Right. Yeah, it doesn't, it really stresses, <laughs> it's not this environment like Halo or, or like you said, like Call of Duty, where there's just like guns everywhere and just right. like pick them up. Like this is like, you have to spend time and effort to protect yourself. Yeah. Like that is a very conscious effort you have to make to create bullets yeah. <laughs> out of these scraps and like assemble a firearm that you can use to defend yourself right it's not Mm. it's a very which i think is more realistic right like maybe you find a gun maybe there's no bullets in it there's probably no bullets in it right Right. like in the real world of this war-torn place yeah um, there's not just like ammo and guns everywhere (laughs) and like pick them up and shoot them up yeah um there's an interesting um there's a game called rust mm. um which is like an open world um this is uh, a really interesting... I'm going to guess that it involves scavenging. Right. It is a really interesting game because it um, toys with the human condition. Mm-hmm. And the way it does that is just by putting real people into the situation. Um, so mm-hmm. all that happens is that you enter the game and you get dropped into an open world, butt naked. By real people, you mean fake people. Well, no, no, no. Everyone, every character in the game is a person. Mm-hmm. And so you're playing... On like screen. Your, your avatar is just a person right mm-hmm. um and uh but you're naked okay right and so it has like this uh, complex crafting system where you can make weapons and do these things and <laughs> I, I remember someone saying like he uh he somehow stumbled upon a gun <laughs> but it had no bullets in it and it, he had this really weird visceral experience where he bumped into someone else and he, you know, he has this gun, yeah, with no bullets in a it, a real gun, real gun, yeah. And he just says to this person, "Give me your pants." <laughs> <laughs> and this person's like, "Okay, uh... I'm gonna give you my pants." <laughs> and walk away. Yeah, like, like I don't want. What kind of interaction is this? <laughs> yeah, like, do you just need pants, or do you want to see me not and he's in like, pants? No, and he just gives him his pants and runs away. <laughs> and he's like, "I just mugged someone." <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't the kind of person I usually am. Wow. Um, but one of the interesting design decisions they made with that game is that they um, everyone's male because they didn't really want to deal with um, putting you know women in their underwear in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, although we have both genders, it brings up difficult questions. Yeah. Of uh, well, it's just been overplayed too in the, in right. the gaming. Yeah, broy kind and, of male centric world, and so they yeah, it's been overdone. They've spoken about it a lot. This decision to only go with a single gender in the game mm-hmm. um, because they didn't really want to talk about it. Hmm. Um, but one of the decisions they did make is that when you get dropped in, you don't get to pick anything about your character, the way they look mm-hmm. or anything, um, and they'll drop you in with a random race. Yep. And so a lot of people have spoken about experiences where they go in and you know. They have had racial abuse flung at them. Oh, by other people. Yep. Is this and an MMO type online thing it, or no? Yeah, it sort of is. Okay, but it's really weird. <laughs> and um, you know, 
talking to the designers of this game, they said this was an intentional thing to try and get people to, I guess, see what it's like to... Reckon with Right, that. walk, walk yeah. a mile in someone else's shoes. Hmm. Um, you know, and there are... People have written accounts of this experience. Yep. Hmm. Which is fascinating. That's cool. I like, uh, as two white guys, I like that we bring up things like this well no honestly like but this is the thing because we know. like i have no experience of this i've lived a very privileged life right me too um and something that allows you to i don't know experience that and be able to yeah no well, i don't yeah know that this is a problem I, it's like the whole uh, i want to be careful saying that like we still don't get it yes right but right uh we can but, try to right it's like the whole um, that. Yeah. women in tech thing right like a lot of um you know we're trying to get a smaller gender gap in the industry mm-hmm. um but it's really hard to both in pay and in jobs and in yeah and, and in the number of um right people in tech positions mm-hmm. um it's difficult to know that there's a problem Mm-hmm. Um, without having experienced it. Right. Yeah. Like, and so I think there's a lot of people who are very well-meaning, mm-hmm. but don't see an issue because they haven't been... Right. They're like, oh, you know, that... It's almost I've like... I've interacted with all of these people and they seem really friendly. I can't imagine them <laughs> harboring these weird... Yep. It's almost like experience is too big a part of your mind, right? Like the way that, like the narrow experience that you have mm. dictates a big portion of how you think. Right. Like it's it's hard to get out of that, right? Yeah. It's a thing that you have to be very explicit and deliberate about to try and escape. Right. Otherwise, you're just like, oh yeah, this is how the world is because this is how I've experienced it. Right. Um, it's an eternal struggle, I think, but we need to try to have that introspection to break that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that introspection, but also that outrospection. <laughs> yeah. Right, like thinking outside of yourself. Um, well, but I think realizing that you have a narrow view of the world. Yep. Yep. Um, and the thing is, no matter what, you're always going to have a narrow view of the world. Yep. Because we're shaped by our experiences and we're shaped by these things. But that's why you have to try even harder mm-hmm. to broaden broaden your field of vision. Yep. And I think because video games are so interactive, they have that ability to do that for you. Yeah. To help you along with that. Right. Sort of broadening. Yeah. Wow. It's a deep podcast. Mm. Serious. I like it. No, yeah. that's good. I like no, where we ended up. You're pleased. Yeah. Jankowski.club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just cheapen it. Is that two reads? Right there. Oh, yeah, I think that is. Is it per read? No. Okay, we, we'll call that I one mean, read. We, I mean, we, did we specify? Oh, we're generous people. We're generous people. Yeah. <laughs> also... <laughs> We haven't received any money yet, so, so um, <laughs> just it's not really on our terms. Putting that point. out there. <laughs> um, 
yeah thank you for everyone for listening uh you can oh this is something i didn't mention before leave us a review on itunes oh really this is what i hear on oh all yeah, the yeah we're on itunes and leave us a podcasts. review on itunes mm. and uh tell us what you liked about it what you don't tell us what you didn't like oh yeah that's that right that's the normal thing right i only it's like in i uh, only want to hear positive things it's like on your phone where like the app is like do you like us yeah and like if you say no it'll just be like okay but if you say yes <laughs> yeah. it'll be like oh yeah rate us on itunes <laughs> um yeah that same thing yeah if so, you love us rate us on itunes right tell all your friends you know yep. tell the world if you don't like us don't tell anyone don't tell anyone take those feelings um, yeah bury them deep inside you yes but do Never still visit our sponsors so right. that so that they know paid. that they're getting value. I mean, yeah, so of course they're because getting value. We think, yeah, because we think it's a good right thing for you to do. <laughs> and we have your best interests at heart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seriously, thank you so much to our um, <laughs> six Twitter followers. This is a and, new thing. Uh, it's exciting. Thanking people. I don't like it. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Such a British Isles attitude. We should stop. Oh. <laughs> Thank you.